everybody can just say, um, oh, psychology is everything, or uh, risk management is key. But like, what do you actually do? Like, no shit, I know this is true. But are you going to tell me, like, what should I do, you know? It all boils down to resilience, man. Like, you have to be able to show up no matter what happens. So, like, What's up, traders? Welcome to The Day Trading Show. My name is Austin Silver. I'm your host. I appreciate you being here. Today, I am sitting down with Brian Tang. Brian is a trader from Singapore. He's a fantastic young man. It's getting weird when I'm calling people young men, but I'm getting older. So it's interesting for me to uh, be learning from these kids and be motivated from these kids, but they got a lot to share. So make sure you sit tight. Brian is a day trader. He trades the DAX. There's a lot to learn here. We talk about technicals. We talk about a little bit of the funding stuff. We talk about fundamentals. We cover everything. So you guys are going to love this one. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss our future episodes. Right now we're dropping episodes once per week. On Thursdays, we might pick that up as we get towards the end of the year. We'll see. If you guys want more episodes, tell me in the comments and we'll drop more. But for now, enjoy this conversation with Brian Tang. What's up, traders? The best way to learn how to trade is not through a trading course. I sell a course that teaches my strategies and I'm telling you that honest advice. The best way to really learn how to trade is to watch experienced traders with proven track records navigate the live market. Now, when I got started as a trader, I was able to watch one of Wall Street's best traders live for a full day, just one day, and it made a huge impact on my trading. I still use some of the principles that he shared that day today, six years later. So now as I've built my reputation and my brand as a trading coach, I want to turn and give the trading community something back. We've started the Netflix for traders. It's called ASFX TV. It's now only $10 per month. It's the same price as Netflix, basically, where you can come and watch me and three, four other full-time traders navigate the markets live. And again, this is the best way for you to learn how to trade. You'll see us take trades. You'll be able to participate in some of them if you'd like. It's never financial advice. I have to be very clear about that. It's for entertainment purposes only, but you're gonna actually see how a real full-time trader navigates the London session and New York session every day of the week. So click the link down below in the description. Maybe there's a card flying in on the screen. Take the three-day free trial. Check it out. See if you're interested. You don't just get the live streams. You actually get to watch the recordings of any streams that you missed as well. So it's a no-brainer. For $10 a month, it's a no-brainer. So check it out. Link down below. Now back to the video. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Today, I am sitting down with someone across the world from me, all the way in Singapore. Brian Tang is here to join us. Brian, thank you for coming on. Hello, everyone. Good evening. Yeah, it's great to have you, bro. Brian, everyone's looking at you thinking, all right, Austin's got another smart trader coming on to talk to us about everything, but this guy looks young. How old are you, Brian? Um, approximately 21. <laughs> approximately. So Brian, you're 21. How long have you been trading? About three years-ish. I started, nice. okay, so let's put it this way. I placed my first trade in the end of 2019. And I remember exactly what it was. It was a Brexit trade. Tell full us margin, the story. Uh, pound dollar full margin. Long. Yeah, I was like, so because basically I was in uh, Korea with my family. Okay. And then I was just playing around for a few hundred dollars. I saw this uh, pound dollar trade. And then it was also at the same time of Brexit. And then I'm like, okay, let's go along like 0.1 lots. I mean, it's not a big position, but mind you, it's a $200 account. And then few hours later, it doubled. And then the next day, I just thought to myself, why not I just do the same thing? Okay. <laughs> and then the next day, I made another couple hundred dollars. And then on the third okay. day, 
I lost it all. Really? Yeah, but at least I know that in my mind, right? I know that, okay, this is like the one of the most efficient way to make money, you know? Because I mean, like, I'm not a lazy person, but I'm an efficient person. Like I like to make money with with like thinking and that sort of stuff, you know? And like, yeah. if, I can, if I can be in Korea with my family and accidentally or coincidentally make a few hundred dollars, I'm like, this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. Like no 100%. doubt, man. So you got the taste of it while you were on that trip with that Brexit trade, caught the bug, even though you didn't make millions yeah. of dollars in that trade, still gave you the taste of what that lifestyle could be. So that's, I think a lot of guys can relate to that. Before that though, where did you hear about trading? How did you get introduced to trading? Oh, um, signals. <laughs> Some like guy tried people. to uh, sell his signals to me and I bought into it. Yeah. And then like, it fucked me over. But I, I wasn't mad at him because like, at a point in time, I didn't even know what was going on. But afterwards, I saw this guy on YouTube. He's a pretty big guy. His name is Adam Koo. Yeah. Yeah, I probably have seen him. Like, he's from my area as well. And I watched oh, really? a couple of his videos. And then I was like, maybe I should give this a shot. And then from then on, I I just let, left it over the... I just left it there, like hanging there for quite a while because like I was like studying and then I had national exams to take. Because um where I'm from, right? We are quite similar to uh the UK. We take the A levels, so I was studying for it, and then yeah, it was just on and off, and then like a couple of months before A levels, COVID hit, and then I was at home, and then I had nothing to do again, like after studying, and then like I I was at the age where like playing games like it's like, okay, it's fun, but after a while like you need you need like a a, a deeper drive of like dopamine hit, you know, and then like this trading thing. <laughs> The biggest it dopamine was, hit in the, the world. It was it was dopamine hit. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I love that. Like, yeah. Yeah. So now, fast forward a little bit for us. You start trading 2019, COVID and everything. You should really start to get focused in it. When did it really change? Who influenced you? Who helped you really go from the guy that was placing small lots and playing with Brexit to the guy that you are now, more consistent, more disciplined, more systematic? What What really shifted that? I would say they'll be meeting my mentor. Okay. Whom I think may or may not be on the show. But yes, like meet like having one-to-one sessions before, like it started to like change the way I operate. And is that also- Paulina? Is that her name? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I haven't had her yeah. on yet, but I am gonna have her on since you introduced me. So tell yeah, us about I... your relationship with her. I'm curious to know. I okay, wanted to so... talk to you before I had her on. You know what I mean? I was like, let me see how yeah. she actually helped this guy before I bring her on the show, you know. You're gonna probably be surprised because okay. I met her through, uh, an academy because like, <laughs> like like okay, this is crazy, you know. But she was actually a mentor like in one of the academies before. Like I don't know, like some sort of controversy happened, but basically I was uh part of this course. This guy on YouTube called Rock Rock ZFX. Oh, I've heard of, of him. Yeah, yeah, caught a big caught a big shot, two three hundred thousand followers, and then yeah. um through the community, I met my mentor, and then. I think it was around 2021 20, where she started her own thing and like started to mess around with like the three letter thing, SMC, that, that sort of stuff. And then I wasn't really in contact with her. And then 2021, just like moving around here and there. And then in 2022, like after being through the, the boom and bust cycle a few times, I, I had enough. Like I contacted her and then like, at first I approached her for psychological help. And then, yeah. But I, I just found out that that wasn't really enough. You know, you know, most people like, they like to say this statement, you know, psychology is everything, you know. But to me, is okay. 
I mean, I get it that it's important, but it also can, it can also be trained, you know. But at the same time, if your technicals are shit, if you're training A, B, C, D patterns with like no uh, repeatable process, not mechanical, not simple enough, like your, your psychology isn't going to save you, you know. And then from that point on, like she kind of gave me more like uh, technical stuff and then slowly I got better and better. And then only quite recent few months, I got more consistent. Like it, it, didn't, it took me about two years to be profitable, but took me like much longer to be consistent, you know. 100%. And now that the technicals are in a better space for you and you're better at the technicals, what do you think is, if you were like going back to relearn it, would you focus on the technicals first or the psychology first? I, I'm inclined to say technicals first. I agree. Because, I agree. Because like, you know, I'm sure you know how Twitter is, you know, like people always, they, they just say the same shit over and over again. And oh it's my God, bro, you know? it's crazy. It's like to masquerade for the ne- lack of knowledge, you know, because like everybody can just say, um, oh, psychology is everything. Oh, uh, risk management is key. But like, what do you actually do? Like, no shit. I know this is true. But are you going to tell me like, what should I do? You know, right. Like me listening to you isn't going to save my account. Like I need to like know at least some practical stuff. Like maybe tell me, okay, uh, try to stick to one trade a day. Uh, try to stick to one or two assets. Like control your exposure. That, that sort of stuff. I mean, at least it's a little bit more helpful. Right. Like, like you, can't, you can't just tell me that psychology is everything. You know, like, I, I don't know, man. I think that's the problem. No, no, I industry. totally agree. Because it's like when people say that, like the trading, <laughs> fix your trading psychology, fix your trading. It's like, okay, but where do I start? It's so broad, that term of trading psychology. And like you said, it's very much in the air where like if you tell somebody, hey, the, if you get uh, a signal of the 8 and the 21 EMA crossing, that's a short-term trend change. That's actual tactics. Like that's actually something you can use to make or save yourself some exactly. money. So yeah, I think, but bro, you know, Twitter is full with all these guys that just... I mean, I think half the guys are using chat GPT to come up with corny tweets and just regurgitate the same bullshit. That's what I really, I think a lot of these guys, I think, tell me your opinion on this. Do you think most people on Twitter are profitable traders or do you think most people on Twitter are just talking? I would say 80% are just talking, bro. I agree. I agree. And how do you know who to, how do you figure, right, exactly, always. How do you figure who's, legit and who's not because you've been able to like when i see you on twitter you're always talking with people who i look to and i'm like oh like brian is talking with dan and dan's a great guy dan's a great trader i know dan knows what he's doing so you've connected with some really great traders so how maybe speak for like some of the guys listening how do you get through the bullshit how do you figure out what what are some of the red flags to you of like that guy's full of shit (laughs) okay this is gonna be a good one okay so basically what the first thing I look out for is when there's too many charts because like the the good guys, they, they don't really talk about charts, you know, because like, like, come on, it, it, it can be found everywhere. And then the second thing is the things that these guys talk about, right? They, they don't tend to be generic, you know, like these guys like then, like usually they don't come up with like threats that are like the same shit over and over again. Usually they, they try to like think on the spot, you know, like maybe for then, I don't know how it works, but Maybe for him, like one fine morning in his home in the UK, he just like smoke a cigar and then he just decide to quote something, you know. Like that's the kind of like vibe they can get from his tweets, you know. More and authentic. Yeah. It's like, okay, I'm having a cigar break and then like, this comes to my mind and I just tweet it. And then the, the tweet kind of blows up. And then like, these are the sort of guys that I look up to. And then like also certain tweets, you know, like when when you try to like read the tweet, you can know that, okay, this this lessons that he is talking about, it can only be experienced like, it's not just like theoretical, you know, like you, you know that this stuff works because like uh, part of you has also experienced it before. I mean, He's I can't already speak gone for the through it. Guys. 
yeah, yeah. You know, you, you're like I think you know exactly what I'm talking about. Like yeah. maybe for investing as well, you know, like certain 100%. lessons you can, it can only be experienced. You know, like there's it doesn't matter no matter how much I tell you. You know, you won't understand shit. But once you feel it, okay, okay, bro, I get it. Yeah, 100%. I totally agree. And it's very well said. So let me ask another good question to follow up on that. What do you think, since you've been around for a few years, you've seen traders who succeed, you've talked to traders who probably aren't as successful. What do you think is the number one most important characteristic that traders have to have if they want to make money? One characteristic. I would say uh, resilience. Tell me more. Because like, when we're talking about a smart guy, right? or a dumb guy, right? Like, mm -hmm. the, the intelligence shit, it doesn't matter, man. And I mean, uh, people talk about EQ being being one thing, like self-awareness being one, but I think that that is also secondary because you have to have consistency and resilience. Uh, the word consistency comes from showing up. Showing up is, it comes from resilience. Like, no matter what happens to you, like, you blow your account to nuts today and then you just buy another challenge and then you go again. But really, like, it, it all boils down to resilience, man. Like, you have to be able to show up no matter what happens. So, like, if let's say you caught a flu, okay, okay, for take three days later, you're back in the game. Even if you're not taking trades, at least like you're there to like watch your asset, like take some notes, you know, at least like know what's happening, you know. And then you keep doing that. You do that for like long enough time, right? You already beat the rest because like um people always say that uh 90% of traders are not profitable, right? I will say that the 10% are there not because they are smarter or uh, everyone or what, because they just upwork them by showing up more often. More often, like mean, I'm not. I'm not telling you to like check on the markets when you're on holiday, you know. But at least have the. You have to respect the market enough to like show up, uh, every day. Like there's about two hundred twelve trading days a year. At least show up for like two hundred, man. You do that. It's it's impossible for you not to. It's impossible for you to fail, you know. Like hundred percent. Okay, if let's say you do that for one year, you fail. Okay, fair enough. But you do that for three years, right? It's impossible to fail. Like, is there anyone to do it? And if let's say you fail after three years, right? Hey, just drop me a DM on Twitter and I'll give you some money. There you go. I'll help you out. Exactly. You know, it's funny because I think resilience is a great word to describe successful traders. I think also, and I know you, you do this often, I see in your tweets and stuff, like it's not just about getting back up, but it's about making improvements when you get back up. Okay. If I get up and I do the same thing again, aren't I just going to get knocked down again? Right. So you have to be able to be disciplined in the resilience to say, okay, what am I going to do to actually get better? Am I going to talk to a new mentor? Am I going to watch new videos? Am I going to review my trades and get feedback? You got to do something. So who do you trade with? Do you trade by yourself? Do you trade in a community? I, I trade by myself generally. I, I mean, yeah. I do have a guy that I talk to every day because we trade the same asset. Uh, okay. Both me and him, we trade DAX. Nice. And how do you like trading the DAX? I see you post about it all the time. Why, why the DAX over NASDAQ or SPX or anything like that? Okay, uh, first of all, I'm in Singapore. Uh, London Open here is uh, 3 p.m. Or when daylight savings kick in, is 4 p.m. So uh, if I wait for the NASDAQ or DAO or and other assets, it's like 9.30 at night. So it's like too late for me, you know. Like, I like to kind of work in the, in the, while the sun is still up. Yeah. So like that's kind of caught my eye, you know. Like I used to be the Euro dollar guy, but I, it just didn't click for me, you know. Like I mean, I, I, I see all these guys like posting like trades on Euro dollar every single day, but... For me, it just didn't click, you know, and and then I just, I thought to, I thought to myself, and like what you said previously, like, it cannot be me like being knocked down like so many times by doing the same thing and then expecting a different result. So I started to look look at different stuff. Like I looked at the the UK hundred, the FTSE, and then I looked at the DEX, and then I slowly like 
by the process of elimination, I came to DAX. Yeah. Do you find that you use fundamentals to trade the DAX or is it mostly technicals? Um, same thing. I think 80, 20. Technicals, I, I 80. Care, I, I really do care about the fundamentals as well. Like, I know that this week, um, the whole market is waiting for NFP. So of course. like I tend to be a, more, a bit more conservative, you know, like I'm not too uh, eager to jump the gun, you know, I'm, I'm trying to like, wait for things to happen. Like, so it's 80% technical, just yeah. to be clear, 80% technical. Okay. Yeah. But I do want to like give a few pointers, like for the 20% of the fundamentals, like I'm not just going to be like the guru who tells you uh, trade fundamentals. Like I'm actually going to like share with the audience, like some stuff that works. Like, please, for me, please. Uh, for fundamentals, I look for conditions, like what sort of conditions to be more specific. Um, let's say uh, after the inflation report, right? The following day during the London session, I'm usually expecting a, a big momentum move. Like for example, the, the previous inflation report, right? Um, inflation was lower and then the, the US indices rallied. So based on that condition, I was expecting the next day, which is the London Open, for the DAX to rally. And it did exactly as I, as I said it would. But I mean, obviously I don't have crystal ball. I know that it works like seven out of 10 times. And also because like the first few times like they happened, I, I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't able to have the confidence to take it. Like I was just taking notes, you know, because like you have to take it, they have to take notes of this sort of thing. Um, same thing for NFP. If let's say today we have a stronger jobs report, I will be expecting a strong London open on Monday. So there's already two conditions to trade in. And then we, I look at other things like uh, FOMC uh, rates as well. If let's say the, the, the rates increase or drop, I'll see the reaction on the US market. And then the next day, the, the, during the London Open, I'll expect a similar reaction, you know. Like if the Dow rallied 100 points, I will probably look for longs um, on the DAX. It's so very it's, interesting because it's, yeah. it's trickle. It trickles down. You're you're looking at the news. You're looking at the US reaction in a way. And then you're going to say, okay, with well, the next day, what does that set me up for? And it's funny you say that because when I've looked at the DAX, I've always noticed that it kind of follows the US indices after the fact a little bit. So that's, it kind of ties together. Have you ever noticed that? That it, it'll, is that kind of what you're saying? It'll follow the indices yeah, yeah. a little bit? Yeah. It's like a trickle effect. I mean, like the markets are connected, you know? All connected. What do they say, bro? When the when the U.S. catches a cold, everybody sneezes or something like that, right? Isn't that, have yeah, you ever heard so, that saying? Something yeah. like that, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's interesting. So when you are approaching this from a 80% technical, 20% fundamental approach, how many trades does that normally leave you with per week? Now, this week you said slower. I'm slower this week too, but on a normal week when there's not a lot of news and NFP and stuff, normal week, how many trades do you get? About one to one to two a day. Okay. And uh, now that I've started uh, adding the DAO again, because like after after like weeks of studying, I've noticed that the DAO sort of moves like the DAX. So yeah. the DAO is sort of my like my secondary pair, you know. And okay. then I just see what gives me the setups. So you're looking between those one to two trades a day. How long are you yeah. holding those trades? On average, about under six hours. Okay, so they're day trades. Yeah, hundred percent day trades. I I nice. cannot swing trade for nuts. Like Why? it's either I day trade or I get someone to manage my money for me. <laughs> <laughs> why can't you swing trade bro why do you say you can't do like, it it's just not in me you know like after hearing all these gurus tell me oh bro you gotta go have patience you know but it's just it's just not me you know like so i mean like i found a way around it like i know that day trading is like this is something that i'm good at and then i just walk around it it's sort of like uh what uh this quote i hear from like we don't we don't get to be we don't get to choose what we're good at you know so I know that I'm an impatient person. So like instead of uh, complaining about it, like I find ways to work around it, you know. 
like for example, uh, let me give you another example. Like the way I trade mostly uh, limit orders because uh, more often than not, I rather take a loss than miss the move. Does that make sense? Like hundred percent. Okay. If let's say I place a limit order here, price comes here, take me in. It's okay if it takes me to the loss, you know, hmm? because I know that if I'm right, at least it will just come down to my take profit rather than it dances around and then I wait for confirmation and then there's no confirmation. It comes straight to take profit. Like I'm not the kind of guy, you know, like, so I you would be more pissed if you miss the trade than if you lose, because if it's a trade within your system, within the way you were trade, you got to be in it. You know, you got to play the probabilities. That's what you're yeah. saying. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not the guy on Twitter that says, oh, uh, bro, this week, uh, low probability conditions, no trades on my system. I'm like, bro, you are a day trader. You're telling me, oh, five days, you have zero trades. Like, it doesn't make sense. And then in their profile, somewhere, somewhere in their profile, they'll tell me that they are a statistical trader. Then I'm right. like, if you're a statistical trader, why do you care about the conditions? Like, hundred percent. You got to play the probabilities. You know, I had Sam KB on the podcast a while back and Sam, oh, yeah. made a, he, he, he made some controversial comments and he, uh, one of the things he said that I really liked, not that controversial, he was like, a lot, and this goes to what you were saying earlier about psychology too, but people will look for the Buddhist monk to fix their trading psychology problems, or they'll, they'll do these things that are like, like you said, they'll say they're systematic traders, but then they'll take zero trades in a week. There's these external things that people try to blame for their trading issues rather than turning internal. The guy that takes zero trades but says he's systematic really should be looking back at every day that week and saying, actually, I probably missed four or five trades this week. Let me go study those and get better rather than, oh, no trades were for me this week. I don't need to trade. That's an easy cop out. And like the way you were describing it, counting down how many trading days per year, you, rate, you made me think, and I'm sure the audience is thinking too, like time is the finite thing here bro you got to maximize your time so what you want to take a day and not take trades and think it's okay okay that's a day you just wasted and we're just ticking away the days until you die and you don't trade anymore and that's the truth you know yeah and like after all like even though we're retail traders we're part of the finance industry you know like every year like there's a competition to see who has the most returns you know and 100%. if you on that day decide not to work i'm okay with it but you don't get the right to go to Twitter to say, oh, it's a low probability day. Because like at the end of the day, we're all here to make money. Right. And because like there's limited amount of money to be managed in the world, like after all, it's, it's kind of like a zero-sum game, you know? 100%. 100%. Yeah. Tell me about the way you trade now because you spoke about the limit orders a little bit. I think that'll yeah. be unique for my audience because a lot of my audience is probably market order only. You know what I'm saying? So why limit orders? How does that fit to the strategy that you're looking for? Okay. Let me answer your first, like the first question, which is yeah. why, uh, why limit orders and not market orders? Okay. Because uh, this is based on my personality. My personality is an impulsive one. So when I do, when I place market orders, um, I get very impulsive, and then I'm like, I if it, if it feels me in a bad price, I might do something stupid. I might move my stop, uh, put another position on. So like, I messed up with that. I learned my mistakes. I moved on. And moved on to limit orders. For me, limit orders is sort of like a, a pre-meditation thing, you know. It's like before it happens, you make a plan and then you execute and then that happens. If then. Yes. Like that, that's the best way I, I operate in. Like after like so many times of trial and error, like it's not just like I tried one, I fucked up and then I tried another one. It's like I tried I tried this thing so many times to the point where I'm like, okay, let's look at this objectively. This is actually not for you. So like about the limit order thing, because I, um, I'm a pullback trader. I have two entry models. So like the first, both both are uh, pullback trades, but the first one is usually uh, pre-session opens. So it tends to be 
it, it tends to follow the signatures of indices. You know, like the indices candles, right? Usually five minutes before the open, they tend to just like move a bit and it comes down a little bit and it goes all the way up. So like my first entry model, it, it, it kind of catches the, the, the down wick, you know? Okay, it takes me in before it go yep. up. If I'm yep. wrong, okay. okay, I accept it. At least I didn't miss, miss the trade, you know? Like I'm happy yep. about it. And then my second entry model is just a simple Fibonacci, 61.8% entry. Stops at uh, one and then take profit at one instead of two. Nice. So that was my next question. What's the risk reward on these setups that you're looking for? One R, two um, R? Two R fixed. Uh, two I'm, a, fixed. I'm a low risk reward guy. Uh, that's very simple because like I, I, I would prefer to show up every day and have the consistent like steady and steady equity curve over the small loss. Uh, small win and then suddenly there's the big win you know because like I, I know that if let's say something happens in my life and I cannot show on the charts on that day or I have to take a day off and then if th that happens to be the day where I miss the big win like that will be I, I would just think that it's bullshit you know and, and I can't I can't accept that right so like I, I rather just like okay today's slow steady days. Yes. slow steady and also at least like my my emotions like won't mess around you know because like if you follow a trend like like the old school trend following system where you are like 20-30% strike rate but once you hit when your wins come it's like a big one but after the win uh, you take like four to five losses straight in a row and I don't like the emotional regression that comes with it what, what does that mean? okay let's talk about statistics yeah. after you take three wins or four wins or five wins or a cluster of wins right usually there's like a pullback you know it's like two to three losses and this is what we call regression to the mean and when we're regressing to the mean, we also forget that our emotions are also regressing to the mean. So you get higher highs and lower lows in the emotions yes. as well. And I don't like that, you know. Right, because then what happens when you take those lows on the emotions? You go off tilt, yeah, you do exactly. stupid things. Yes, you start questioning your strategy, right. Yeah, and especially because like, when you have that that emotional like volatility as well, right, it's, it's very dangerous, you know. And then like, if let's say today is not the day, it just happens to be the day where you go on tilt, like you lose your account, that's it, you know, like it, it doesn't come back, you know, so because like if I were to like just go with the equity curve steady, the chances of this happening to me is a lot lower, you know, and then like I wouldn't go and do stupid shit and then at least my account is protected, you know, like to, yeah. tomorrow when I come back, I have, my account is still there. Right, and you can live to but fight another day. Tomorrow. Yeah, you don't you don't get account, you know, and we're, at, at the start of the show, I said that showing up is everything. But if you do these things, like you won't have the account for you to show up, you know. And that's like that's what a lot of people don't get, you know. That's why I see a lot of these people taking two pip stops loss, and then they get slipped out. They start to complain about the broker, start to complain about commissions. I'm like, bro, if it happens to you, you take the two pip stop loss, and your intended risk was one R, and if it slipped you to three R, it, it it's not a good thing, you know. And then like these sort of things will just keep happening over and over again. And then of course. there's a lot of problems that comes with it. So yeah, right. I'm definitely a low risk to be one guy. I know. And I think that a lot of people are in the same boat as you. When I'm coaching the guys that are in our program, I push most of the traders to try to have an, an over 50% win rate simply because the psychology. I know there are traders that have a 40, 30% win rate and they do well. But in my opinion, I've been around traders on the internet for seven, eight years now majority of people, if they win 30% of trades, will not be consistently profitable. Majority of people. It's very difficult. You could take, I think, more of an amateur trader 
and get them at a 70, 60% win rate and see a couple of months of consistency or a year of consistency more likely than the lower win rate. Because like you said, you lose seven trades in a row, who's going to stay on tilt for that eighth trade? Nobody. Most amateurs are just going to go crazy and be, by the time they even get to four losses in a row, they're probably over positioning or over trading. So, you know, you speak throughout this podcast already, bro. You've shared a lot of great nuggets. I think people can take from this, but talk about patience for your setup, because I think it's something you do very well. I've seen it on your stuff online. How do you prevent over trading? If that's answerable. Okay. You know, like, this gets me a little bit pissed off as well, you know, because like people always say follow your trading plan, right? But what exactly does that even mean? You know, like like what's that supposed to mean? Like, are you gonna like give me like a, a a format to follow? Like, there's nothing. It's just a very blanket statement. But over the over the the years, right? What I figured out is, for you to be patient, right? You have to be. You have to know what you're looking for, and for you to know what you're looking for, you have to have a very very specific trading plan with very specific conditions. And also, like, if it helps you, like a small sticking out the checklist of things that you're looking out for. Because when you have these things to look out for, when they're not there, they're not there. Then you would you would understand it. But if you have no idea what you're looking for, you wouldn't be patient. Because you'd be like, am I missing anything? Am I missing anything? But 100%. if you have, like, the things that are, if you, if you know the things that you're looking for very, very specifically, and if it's not there, you, you will be patient. 100%. And honestly, like, to me, this is not a patience problem. This is a... You don't know what you're looking for. Probably. Lack of confidence, right? Lack of knowledge, yeah, lack of system. Yes, I agree, bro. Well said. I agree. And it, <laughs> honestly, I'm very grateful to be here today because like, I think that this will like help people in like one way or another, you know, because of yeah. like how, like there's so many general statements like being thrown around, but there's no one there to like ex actually explain what do you actually do, you know, because like these are the sort of things that you do and then people like come to your page and then they look at your other tweets and then it's not the same thing, but there's actually no value. Like, like, come on, bro. Like, at least try to do something, you know? 100%. So let's transition a little bit from strategy and psychology. Let's talk about all the funding companies and all this fun stuff. So have you taken challenges? Catch everybody up on that. Are you funded right now? Speak on that for a second, Brian. Oh, I'm actually uh, currently with a challenge with uh, funded engineers. Nice. Yeah. I, I picked How them because of the no time limit thing. Because like, I nice. tend to be... Because like I'm a twenty percent fundamental guy, you know, like I I like to wait for the right condition and then I execute. I, right. I don't so like you don't want to be rushed on a time frame. Yeah, right? right. But now a lot of the firms are doing no time frame, which is good. I think you know they all have to stay competitive. Why um why did you choose to get funded rather than trade your own capital? Because it's the it's a low risk thing. Yeah. Because if you think about it from a business point of view, right? Let's say for a hundred thousand dollars account, you're putting down a five hundred dollars investment. If let's say you was a you're able to secure a $2,500 payout with refund that is already, I don't know, 500% on return on investment. Basically, I mean, that's yeah. assuming that you don't blow up, blow up the account, right? But even if you do blow up the account, like the return, the initial uh, return on investment is still much higher. Like a lot of people talk about risk to reward and trading and all, but uh, I like to think risk to reward in my life as well and also risk to effort. 100%, 100%. So what do you think now? with all of these funding companies, how do people that are listening to this show, how do you choose what company to go with? Like I said, they're all doing unlimited timeframes. So you picked the funded engineer for right now. Why them? And, and how would you maybe give advice to some of the newer guys as far as like finding the right firm? I, I would say that I picked fund, fund engineer because like I'm a, I'm a, I'm like friends with the CEO, which is uh, Tristan. And yeah. 
his personal values really a lot. Like it really aligns with a lot of mine. That's why I picked this company. And also because like they are with uh, proper trading and they have low spreads on DEX specifically. It's like 90 cents, which is pretty so good. That's what and you also, need, yep. Yeah, that's that's all I need. So yeah, it answers to my needs. So like I would advise people to like just test out like different companies. Like maybe buy like a 10, 10K challenge on like different yeah. companies and then you see what you like before investing like for the two, 300K challenge, you know. And if they still have no idea what to go for, just, just go for FTMO. Right, of course, because <laughs> that, they're, they're the old exactly staple. Go wrong. You can't yeah. go wrong. Yeah, I agree. Like, so what's your like what's your goal for next year? Are you trying to cross a million in funding? What's the big goal for you after this challenge? I'm, I'm just trying to scale up and then like, I'll see where I go to from here. You know, I'm still young. Like, I'm, I'm currently working towards like maybe working for hedge fund. Nice. Build a track record, see if they'll bring you on board, get into more like on the yeah, institutional 100%. side. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, Definitely it's like, funny, bro. Actually, a lot of these guys are talking about that now. All the guys on Twitter, like Kyle and all these guys, they're all saying, I'm using my funded trading track record to try to go institutional now. Because back in the day, you either were retail, like when I got into trading, you trade your own money, you were retail. Nobody was funded eight years ago, bro. Or you went institutional and you worked for a firm in New York or in London or something like that. But now there's like this intersection of all of that happening on online on twitter it's very interesting you know who are some of the guys that you look up to on twitter i didn't even ask you that yet i meant to give um, us some good names to follow uh trader tristan like yeah he, he's he's the owner of he's very opinionated like, i was gonna have him on the yeah. show i still need to set up he ended up falling <laughs> i think he fell off his scooter and, and fucked up his face he told me so we ended up not syncing up to make that but i'm gonna bring him on the show so we can talk about the funded engineer so him who else you got i would have to take my phone give me a second <laughs> no, take your phone. It's okay. I, while you do that, I actually have a couple of good tweets that you wrote that I want to share with everybody. So you wrote, your susceptibility to euphoria or depression is what's causing you pain when you take a loss. So you, what you're saying there is your ability to stay even keeled, unemotional as much as possible is the determining factor in your success. Because if you ride the highs too high or the lows too low, you'll never become successful. So I love that. I love that. And then another one you wrote, let me find it here. Studying charts is sort of like detective work. You put it all in front of you, Notion spreadsheet or A4 paper, and you try to figure out if you miss something. When you say it like that, to me, it's like you view your trading like a scientist. Observe, track the data, see the data, tweak the data. Is that fair to say what your, your process is? Yeah, and also like because like, I, I think because like you probably have done something like that before. So, so like when you read, read such a tweet, you'd be like, yeah, I've been there. This guy makes sense. 100%. But yeah, a uh, few of the names would be Ashley, which is a girl's trade too. Yeah. She only trades NASDAQ and she's she's very consistent, you know. And what one thing I like about her is she's very transparent. Like, even though she posts her wins, there was once, I think a few weeks back, she had like a five or six losses in a row. She yeah. posted that. Like, like how, how often do we get that on Twitter? Right? Most almost, people don't almost, show any of their losses. Yeah, bro. exactly. Yeah. And then we have uh Chart Addicts. Yes. Like the, the way he tweets about the stuff is so because like he, he's pretty real. Like, he's very real. Yeah. He's I think he's from Miami, right? He, that guy's in Miami. Yeah, he, he has no he has no financial interest to be deceptive towards you, you know. So no. that's why I appreciate, you know. Yeah. Because these guys have money, you know. Like they 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 they're not trying to prove shit to you. That's what I like about them. Well, that's the guys because, you, you know, gotta listen to. It's the guys yeah, that are trying to win you over in some way that you always have to be I'm thinking, what are they yeah, making money on for this? Right. Yeah, so like these are some of the few names that I follow. And then uh yeah. Kimo as well, Kimo trading. Okay, okay, I don't know that one. I think he's like a like one or two years older than me. But yeah, like I connected with him, and then we are friends. I speak Kimmel, you said right? Kimmel. Yeah. 
Yeah. So I, I got to get him on the podcast too. He hasn't been on yet, but I am now connected with him. So we'll get him on here too. I just haven't like actually linked up with him yet. You know, wait, yeah, let me read one. Let me, I want to read one more of your tweets. I like this one. You start your day with meditation. I start mine with shadow boxing. We are not the same. You're, you, that's that that's that alpha mindset there, bro. So let's talk about that a little bit because I think it's important, right? Like as a trader and as a man, you want to grow into somebody who is taking control of the world, not letting the world push you around and control you. So what type of influence from guys, like we were talking about Colin, you and Colin are connected. We've had Colin on the show. Most of my listeners probably remember that. Colin and you connected and Colin's a great influence to guys like you. I think he's a strong man, smart man. Who else is influencing you outside of trading? You know what I mean? What has helped shape your mindset to be a strong trader, but from outside? I would say that would be my, because uh, I, I do martial arts. I, I practice Muay Thai. I think nice. I, that would be my Muay Thai coach because yeah. like the way he thinks and he operates is, is, is what, what is the title of, uh, is this a good word? Uh, it's kind of like a father figure, you know? Yeah. And then like, it's, it sort of leads me where to go, you know? Like even though yeah. he's not a trader, like non-related, but because of his, work ethic and ethos in martial arts, right? It, it kind of translates to like other areas of life, you know? Everything. Like, yeah, for example, oh, yeah. like when I have a shit kick and then he, he just like tells me, if you kick like that, you might as well don't kick. So like in my mind, I'm like, I, I don't exactly know how it translates to trading, but it's, it's kind of like the same thing. Like if you're going to do it shit, you might as well don't do it, right? Like if you're going to be a trader, you might as well do it like it's a zero or hundred thing. Like, you cannot be just like, like, Okay. Um, among my half friends, like, can't, right? Okay. Uh, no. In I, I know you guys call it half ass, but uh, in in my local area, we have a slang. We call it half fuck. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like a half fuck attitude. Like you cannot have that. Like if you were to do something serious or at least for at a professional level, right? You do it, it has to way. be a zero or hundred, yeah. and you have to be you have to be quick. You have to think on your feet. You know, you cannot take ten thousand years to make a simple decision. Yeah, like it's just why is the risk to reward not right. financially but like maybe in a few areas like time what do I lose from this that sort of stuff you know like most sure. of my friends they are also like efficient people right. they may not be well, smart but- I think that's to, bro, I think that's part of the culture for for the, for you guys as well. I think that's cultural influence of being efficient, being disciplined as well. And it's interesting when you make that reference of like doing it zero, doing it one hundred. It, it makes me think like. Even though it's off the charts and you're thinking about the kick in tra- in training, when it comes to trading, you can directly apply that, like you said, and say, if this is a shit trade, I might as well just not trade it, not risk the loss versus just be in it to be in it, right? And then potentially dig myself deeper. And those are those paper cuts that end up leading to bad P&L over the course of years. You know what I mean? It ends up chopping into your P&L. So now training is a big hobby for you. What else do you do off the charts? Just curious. Anything else fun? Anything else Honestly, not much because like I I'm a student right now. My my semester is about to start, but what are you studying? Is a big part of my life. Uh, I'm studying uh finance. Nice. Okay. Good. That's awesome. What are you are you planning to continue education after university or just get the degree and then maybe go hedge fund route? I think that's probably what I'm gonna do. Yeah. Sorry. Do you want to? That is no, you... exactly what I am going to do. Good. Good. I like that. That like, is exactly. I, I'm actually what I'm convicted. Do. Like even if let's you say my grades don't, don't make the cut. I want to write a, a, a long ass letter. I'm going to attach like a, a build record. And then I'm just going to like, maybe take a, take a link of this interview and whatever I can think of. I send it to there, you know, like th- there's, no, there's no way that I'm not going to make it, you know, and right. too many people think that they, they cannot do it. But I, I saw this tweet on Twitter by a sales guy another day. He talked about it. Mother nature rewards forces of nature. 
Like you have to be a force of nature. You cannot just sit there and wait for things to happen. Like you have to go there and make things happen for yourself. And 100%. if you think that, that the moment you think that it cannot happen, you already lost. Because like whatever possibilities that's out there, like you have to go there and like get it for yourself, you know. Like I, I don't believe in limitations. Okay, I mean I do believe in like physical limitations. Like you can't you fly, to, but yeah, like maybe I cannot I cannot dunk in basketball. Like I accept that I'm an Asian, but I, I don't accept things that that is within my reach, you know. Like I, I know that I'm in this area, I know that I can get in a hedge fund. I, I like so be it. I don't care if I cannot make make it through the interview. I want to find some way. I'm going to look, go to a career fair, connect with HR, like talk shit with them, drink coffee, like find some connects. I'll I will find a way, you know. Like there's there's no way in hell that people are stopping me when I'm or I actually care about something, you know. Because like there's not many things that I care about in my life. Like I I'm a I'm an efficient guy. I'm not a lazy guy because I do get things done. So when I do when I do care about something, it's either zero or hundred. So when it's hundred, I I will channel all my energy towards something. Become a there's, force. There's just no way in hell. Like I have to get it done. Like otherwise, like I'm I'm broke. I'm I'm broke and I die. That's all. And then is. you're wasting time, and that's the biggest fear, right? It's that, bro. Your mindset is wise beyond your years, and it sounds like your mindset is what makes you successful in trading. It isn't the strategy, bro. I could give you any strategy, and you could figure it out. Probably, I could teach you the way I trade, and you could fucking do it. It doesn't have anything to do with that. Your mindset is strong, bro. And I think a lot of guys, especially, I'm a little older than you, not much older, but guys in our just generation, and just a little bit, and guys in your generation, especially, bro, like. I think a lot of them take a victim mentality on Twitter. Like you said, they blame the broker. They blame the prop firm. Give me my account back. Rather than being like, no, it was my fault. Let me learn from it and do better. You becoming a force forces you to take accountability to say, I am going to do better. I make mistakes. I'm not perfect. And I think a lot of guys in your generation, they're just looking for handouts. Would you agree? They're, they're victims more times than not. Yeah. And also like, I, I think the people in my around my age, like, they, they care too much about what people think of them, you know, like, mm. like for me, it's, I, I don't really care, you know, like, 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 if you care too much about what people think of you, then what, what, what's going to happen to your life? Yeah, your life ends up being, like, a model of what other people think success is, rather than you figuring out what is success for you. Yeah, and then, like, when you care more about what people do, think, you also, like, probably end up like them, and when you yeah. do what most people do, but you want to end up like some, somebody else what makes you think that if you were to follow x person's life you have a, a y outcome like if let's say you if let's say x results in y and you want to achieve z yeah. isn't it wise to come up with a new variable like it cannot be it's just it's mathematics you know like 100%. x times y equals to z like you have to come up with like a b or c you know like that's not how it works 100 it, it, okay this is, isn't trading but I, I i spoke to a friend who who works with like sort of some sort of AI management and like he, he comes up with systems and he agrees with this analogy because like it's, it's just L algebra man like if, if you have been to school like maybe grade 6 or grade 7 like LG, basic algebra you know that x times y is equal to z but you are trying to achieve a different outcome what makes you think that with the same input you can have a different output it's sort of like backtesting you know if you know that your, your strategy doesn't work and you refuse to change any variable, what makes you think that this is going to work? You know, like it's just that's the definition of insanity, bro. You're doing the same thing over and over again, thinking it's going to be different results. 100%. 100%. Yeah, bro, you're, you're a smart kid. I'm really glad that we were able to connect. So give the people 
that are listening some beginner advice. I think we touched on a lot of high level topics, especially like between technicals and psychology. If you were going back to when you first got into trading, (laughs) if you were going back to when you first got into trading, would there be anything you would tell yourself? Hey, do this. Hey, avoid this. Avoid this guy. Don't listen to these mentors. What would it be? Honestly, like there isn't really too much of advice because like even though those are traps, right? Those those very traps that I fell into, it made me who I am today. So I really cannot say avoid this, avoid that. And it's very hard to do so. But if there's one piece of advice to like maybe make your life a little bit easier, it'll be to just get a mentor, man. Just get a mentor. And this is the part where people are going to attack me. Like, what if I go for the wrong mentor? Then so be it. Find a new one, you know. It's, it's part of the process. Like, nothing's going to change if you're going to sit there and wait for things to happen, you know. But if, let's say, you find this mentor and it's not for you, you get a new one and eventually, somewhere down the line, you find one that is good for you and then your life can change. It may not be soon, but one day it will change, you know. It's compared to you sitting on the couch and complaining about life. Yeah, you're so right, bro. And even if you think you have the wrong mentor, you're still learning what not to do. When you see that person and that is still valuable you know i remember before i was trading my business was doing private events as like a dj and an mc oh, yeah, you're a like, dj right i remember I was, one of your podcasts yep yep so i used to be a dj and i remember and i still picture it one of the first parties big 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 parties because in where i grew up these people would spend 50 100 000 on these parties bro crazy crazy money and i remember sitting there and watching my boss yell at people and tell them what to do and i thought to myself i could leave and go work for a nicer boss or I can just stay here and learn what not to do. Not to do. And that was ve- and was super valuable for me. So that life lesson, I can now apply into everything, trading, not trading, and just say, I could take something from, bro, I mean, I've had a fucking crazy July. I had, I lost my dad. We lost Dr. Paul Ryan. We lost a lot of good people. And you could try to take negatives from all of that. Or you could say what not to do, take it. And no matter what, turn it into a positive. What can you learn from Dr. Paul Ryan, from my dad, from all these other things to say, oh, yeah. Oh. Oh, I yeah. have to say this. I have to say this. Go, so like, please. Dr. Paul Ryan, like I saw this uh, tick, uh, link on TikTok. Like he talked about where I will put my entry where the stock, uh, where the masses put their stock. Yes. So whoever yes. that's listening to this and if let's say your trading isn't successful, right, go and do something about this statement. Like actually go and think about this statement because like part of my trading system, like it, it, it's also like with, within the statement itself. Yeah. Because... And it's so funny you bring that up because I just had the episode before you is Roland Wolf. Roland's a day trader from uh, Texas. And he said he had a big turning point in his career when he was studying this guy, Tim Grittani. And he saw that when he was getting out of his trades, he was selling to Tim and Tim was making profit. And he said that that psychological switch of like, I'm getting in when people are getting out and closing profit. I'm on the wrong side of this was a huge turning point for him. So if you can start to think, where are the masses placing orders? Where are the masses taking profit? You can start to think and get yourself on the right side of the trade. That's exactly what he was saying. No, because like, okay, this is a very good example. Because like, you know that 90% of traders are not successful, right? But why is everyone like taking the same screenshot of the short trade on euro dollar? Like it's not making sense. So if let's say I I want to be profitable, like wouldn't it be wise for me to like think of some way to reverse what these guys are doing right especially if i know these guys are shit traders right get on the other side of it take their money that's just the way the market and, is because like it doesn't make sense like if you want to be part of 10 percent, oh sorry five percent yeah. if you want to be part of the five percent that makes money why would you follow the 95 percent like you, you have do to the opposite like percent right exactly I'm, I'm not telling you to to like uh long bitcoin or doing things stupid or of like of course maybe, bro of course I'm not telling you to do any sort of thing, but like you have to, it's, it's like a mindset thing, you know, like, like it cannot be 
like the ships are going this way and then you're trying to be a wolf but you move like a ship like, right. It's, for it's for example, like you see a big bar come out on a news reaction. Every amateur is going to then place buys at the top of that bar chasing the momentum where professionals like when XRP pumped to whatever it did, pumped 80% a few weeks ago. And then what did yeah. Sam KB tweet? Sam posted on Twitter the picture of him short and he made money selling it right back down. When everybody else I know, all my amateur friends that are not, they were like, bro, I got to buy more. It's back on Coinbase. And it's like, no, actually professionals are selling and taking profit there. You're going to get on the wrong side of the trade. Yeah, 100%. I think it was on Thursday. Everyone was like, hey, this is a setup on Euro dollar. This might work out. And then like, because I don't trade Euro dollar, but I can visualize like sure. how I would have entered like when right. I traded it. Right. So I know that, okay, you posted this screenshot, but if I follow my system, I will be out by now. Right. So why why exactly am I trying to follow this guy? No, like, bro. Right, right. I just muted a guy. So I'm sorry, man. <laughs> sorry. See you later. Yeah, because then it's a distraction almost sometimes. It can be distraction. And I think that, that yeah. would be a good good piece of advice I could share too for the guys that are listening. A lot of the time, it's hard on Twitter to find people that are trustworthy to listen to. And that's why I try to find them and put them on the show here so people can, okay, I should not be listening to this random dude that is just posting his car every other five pictures or whatever, I'm going to listen to the guys at Austin interviews because these guys are clearly trading and clearly trying to improve. I think the biggest thing for me, bro, when I want to talk about like who to follow, who to listen to, the guys like yourself that are passionate, but also trying to continue to grow. I don't like talking to people that think they're the best trader in the world because no one oh, I'm the is. Shit, I'm the shit. Right, right. <laughs> I'm I'm the shit. I'm, right. You got to relax. The best traders in the world are humble. They know that the market very, can take all their money at any moment. Yes. Like even Dr. Paul Wright, so humble when you would listen to him just in the way he would speak. So humble, so respectful to the market. And then there's going to be people that hear me say, be respectful to the market. And they're going to be like, Austin, shut up, man. I run the market. I know what I'm doing. It's like, okay, bro, like long-term, that's not the attitude that's going to get you to where you want to be, you know? Yeah. Hey guys, look at my uh, $200,000 trade on US 30. Right. Work, man. Like I'm not going to, I'm just going to leave you there for a few days. Bro, and anyone that's been trading, right. And anybody that's been trading knows that after the biggest win, normally you give it all back. The stats from the prop firms say it. The stats from the brokers say it. Most traders will hit a win and give it right back within the next few weeks, every time. So it's really, and you mentioned this, I didn't say it, but you alluded many times to survival. Survival is the key. And I think you as a young trader already have a good understanding of that, right? You oh, understand. Uh, because like uh, one of the bigger traders on Twitter right now, uh, Paladin, I'm, I'm yeah. also connected with him. He don't give him he too much clout, bro. Paladin, don't you're not the biggest trader. Come on, he's young, bro. Don't be telling me he's the biggest trader. Yeah, no, he's too no, young. Like, like he had this quote. Is exactly what you're saying. He said that uh, you gotta survive before you can thrive. Yes. So like that quote is is, is just very good, you know. Like so true. Like if you're a newbie, what makes you think that you can thrive? You haven't yeah. even survived, you know. Like okay, you lock, you took the XRP trade, you make some money, but so what? Are right. you gonna do that tomorrow, Wednesday, right. Thursday, Friday? Right. Right. No way, man. You no can way. do it. Okay, I'm going to give you some of my money. Yep, but exactly. Exactly, exactly. And uh, yeah, pa Paladin is a great guy. I want, I've been trying to get him on the podcast. I think he only wants to come on if I do it in person. He's like, you got to fly to New York, bro. I'm like, <laughs> bro, come on. You're killing me, Smalls. You're killing me, kid. But he's great, bro. He's, you know, it's guys like you. It's guys like him that are younger than me that I look to for motivation. It makes me think, oh, bro, 
don't get complacent because you're at a million dollars in funding. You should be going for two million, three million, four million. He just Paladin just posted on Twitter. He's going for another big milestone by the end of the year. I'm like, bro, it's August. The end of the year is coming up. You better hurry up. Like setting goals now, you know. But these kids, like you guys, are just so hungry. It's good for older guys like me, especially guys that are older than me, like 40, 50. They should be listening to the kids for some motivation. You know what I mean? You guys got the fire. You guys got the passion. You know. Yeah, but I, I mean, I got to give you some credit as well because like when I first started, like I, I watched some of your content on YouTube as well. Some of the guys like, uh, there's this guy on Instagram called JPL Profits or something. Of course, something bro. Like that. He's growing he his hair out long like me. He's, try he's trying to be like me with the long hair. And also like you, you guys are like the pioneers, you know, like back then where like the, the information wasn't as rich. Right, there was like, nobody out there. Like, the only sources of information. So like, it really helped us quite a, quite a bit as well. Good. I, I Bro, that's all I care about is just helping the new guys because I had no help. I, I ended up in a group chat with these guys speaking French and that was where I started to learn and like I couldn't even talk to them. I was just watching the videos they would share and I'm listening to them in French and I'm like, so I started with nothing. So now to be able to give it back, bro, it's, it makes me happy. And guys like Jay, Jay's another guy. I've been trying to get him on the podcast and he goes, I don't do podcasts, bro. I have never done one. I go, okay, great. I'm the first one you can do. Like, come on, like get on the fucking podcast. Cause he's another guy who trades really well. And he's not, um, this, he doesn't do the same things that a lot of other traders do. So I like to pull stories from that. Same thing from you. Like you're one of the first guys I've had on the show who talks about market orders or not using market orders. You use limit orders. So that was like, a, that's going to be new for my audience. Okay. So it's but great. it's the same thing. Like, wouldn't, wouldn't it make sense? Like 90% of traders don't make money, but 90% are entering through market orders. So right. why so should I do this on market orders? hundred percent. Like, it makes a lot of sense. It? it makes me question what I'm doing a little bit. So it's like, cause I, I often think you could, if you use limit orders, you can get the best price. And one of the questions I always ask myself when I trade is, is this the best price that I could get? So I think it's a great thing to do some investigation into. And you know me, bro. I take from all these podcasts. I'll be using it. So listen, this has been, bro, an hour just flies by. It's great chatting with you. Give the people any last pieces of advice, anything last you want to close with, anything important, anything hot on the mind. Okay. I'll close with this uh, last sentence. Uh, I took inspiration from Luke Belmar. Yeah. If you want to end up like the 10% of the people who succeed in life, why are you replicating the actions of the 90%? And also like, if you're looking for strategy, right, just look for three things. You want, to, you want it to be simple. You want it to be mechanical. And last one, most people don't talk about it. Repeatable. Like it has to be repeatable. It cannot be like a two pip stop loss on euro dollar. You catch a one is to 20. Okay, good trade. But it's a one-time thing, you know? Like it has to be every day. If it's not every day, forget about it. I love it. I love it, bro. I love all of that. I love everything you said. I'm really glad to have you on the podcast. For everybody listening, Make sure you go follow Brian. I'm going to put his link to his Twitter down below. Nam Capital is him on Twitter. He shares great tweets, great insight. So make sure you follow him. Oh, and what guys, we'll do- uh, yes. I have no courses to sell. Please please don't uh, buy any Discord that is linked to my name. Nothing like nothing, that. Nothing. Nothing. Like that. Just, just free value on Twitter. And that's what we love. So Brian, you are the man, bro. I wish you the best of luck. I appreciate you doing this podcast. I know we're, like I said, across the world from each other, but this has been great. What I typically like to do is ask for people to put in the comments- on YouTube, any questions that they have. And then if we get a lot of questions, I'll bring you back on in a couple of months and we'll do a part two and we'll, we'll dive into maybe some people want to hear your opinion on ICT, SMC, all that stuff. We'll get more controversial next time. You know what all I'm the saying? Three letter stuffs. All the three letters, CIA, FBI, SMC, all that stuff. But listen, man, have a great rest of your day for our listeners. We appreciate you very, very much. Make sure you guys are all subscribed. Make sure you follow Brian and we'll see you guys in the next episode.